Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand-new racing app for same-race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. For the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Thirty-six on a Monday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Thanks to Balfers. No matter your club's colours, Balfers are for the game. Uh, getting a few texts coming through, Rooch. What sources were you getting your info from? Roochie, it says. That's in regards to your... Same place as everyone else was getting them from. Well, this one says you got this one from your Bolognese source, all right? Boom, but, boom. But, Kim, everyone was saying the same thing. Five years, 800,000. Not like it was Kane saying it and I saying it and everyone else was coming up with something. Everyone had the same line. Now, whether it is a case of a certain aspect of the partnership wanting to push out what they wanted, to push off Essendon because they were a big bidder for Isaac Rankin or to thwart Gold Coast in this whole thing, I don't know because I've been through trade periods before. I'll back you up. I think someone was just say, having a little dig, Roach. Don't get too defensive, no, but, all right? But that's, that's where we do lack transparency in this game so we know what the deals really are. All righty, let's find out what the deal is at the Adelaide mm. Oval. South Australia taking on Tasmania. It's day two. Let's go to SEN's very own. Uh, he played for Australia and took 320 first-class wickets, Roach. Chad Sayers. Hello, Chad. Hey, boys. How are you? Not bad. Now, what's going on down there? South Australia makes 227. It's meant to be the best batting wicket in the world. And uh, Tassie nearly <laughs> all out at the moment. Yeah, Tassie are nine for 230 at the moment. So it was a little bit of a lead. But with these drop-in wickets, quite hard to actually bat and, and score quite freely. So uh, as a bowler, you always feel like you're in the game. It's been a tight arm wrestle, actually, for the last the first couple of days, which is nice. Well, Travis Head can't blame the wicket for the way he got out. He played on from a yeah. fairly ranked ball, wasn't it? He just played away from his body a bit, and unfortunately for him, just inside edge it. So he'd be disappointed in that. But he'd be looking to get back in the batting crease in the second innings, and I'm sure he'll, he'll put a decent score on the board for the Redbacks. Right, just, you're to, the, you're Chad, the... just to go back a step here, as a cricket purist, where do you stand on the drop-ins? Well, I think it's the way to way forward, isn't it? Especially with these new stadiums and yep. um, I guess the way the the footy season's going as well, they lead into the cricket season a little bit. So um, just to keep the, the wickets fresh, and um, they're working out ways now to to make it more of a contest. I think when they first yep. used dropping wickets as batting friendly, there wasn't much pace in them. So now they're leaving a bit more grass on it, which brings in a bit more swing and a bit more nip, which Brings the bowlers back into the game. Well, you're the guru, Chad. Uh, give us your take on South Australia's attack. We had Harriet Conway on a couple of weeks ago. I see Wes Agars has taken four. How do you rate the attack? Yeah, I think our bowling attack's um, really strong at the moment. We've got four quicks in this game who are 
uh, quite capable of taking the next step in, in the near future. And Brendan Doggett's just come back through the seconds as well today. So um, I've been really impressed with where Zagar, he didn't play a game of Shield cricket last year because of injury. And he's back to his best. Jordan Buckingham's a young kid from Victoria and he's really impressive and got a bright future over here as well. So hopefully our batters can do the job in the, in the second innings and give the bowlers a target to defence. Chad, you've been a part of the program for a long time. Do we dare to dream? It's been lean pickings if you follow the Redbacks for some time now. Yeah, well, hopefully we've got a nice crop of players um, that can take us a bit further, uh, Kim, and just be more consistent. I think that's that's the key to the Redbacks is um, we have good performances. We mm. get into the game and drive the game, and then all of a sudden we're out of it. So... Um, as long as both bat and ball can be consistent, then I think we're a good show. So do we have depth? Like when we will inevitably lose Travis Head and Alex Carey mm. at some stage, do we have enough depth? There's a lot of good young batters coming through. So um, with those two going and playing higher duties, it gives them the opportunity to, I guess, get some exposure at this level and then mount their case um, to play for a long time and a long period for the Redbacks. So that when Travis and Alex too come back, they're, they're going to find it hard to pick the side. Were you impressed with the recruiting that was done off-season, Chad? Yeah, I think they've brought guys in uh, to the squad that can make an impact straight away. I think we see Ben Menenti, um, yeah. who's first game for SA in Shield Cricket uh, this game and did well in his first um, one-day game as well. He, he played a gem of an innings yesterday. He's taken two screams in the slips today and he's bowled really well as well. So I think the likes of him... Uh, Jordan Buckingham, Harry Conway, even Henry Thornton's come in as well. So, as we said before, the bowling depth is great. And as long as we can get, get totals to defend, I think we'll be winning a lot more games of cricket. And the development program to find these players who are locally and locally produced and will stay there and become shield players? And that's the thing, isn't it? All these recruits, you want to see your homegrown players play as well. And I think. There's a lot, of, as I said, a lot of young batters in the squad that are playing second eleven at the moment, and I think um, in time they'll become good cricketers for SA as well. Now you're part of SEN's coverage of the ICC World Cup. Uh, what are you predicting there? And uh, Australia going fairly well in their game against India at the moment. Uh, how do you reckon we're sitting? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a great World Cup. I think Australia is obviously the reigning champion, so they've. Probably got to be favourites, especially on the home grounds where they know the conditions so well. I think our, our bowling attack can fire and be a bit too quick and a bit bouncy for some of these sides. But I think uh, Pakistan have got to be a danger, don't they? Their batting mm. attack is is really on fire at the moment. They don't seem to uh, lose many wickets in 2020 games and their form coming into the World Cup is going to be great. But England showed us how good they are at the format as well, so... And you throw India into it, it's going to be a great great mix of uh, competition. Now, we've been fiddling around with our openers a little bit. Who will they decide on? Oh, I think Finch and Warner are going to get the first crack at least. Um, I think Finch is probably a big-time player. We saw him perform in the World Cup last time. So I think you can throw the form out of the, out of the uh, bin and um, I'm sure he'll, he'll do well. And obviously Warner is one of the greats of the game and... Um, his form leading into this World Cup has been great. And the logic behind using Cam Green when he wasn't part of the squad? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they might have just thrown him up there just to see um, how he'd play at the format and the opening position. And when he did well, they probably just wanted to keep him there. But 
when you're not playing in a World Cup and the World Cup's around the corner, you will probably want the blokes in mm. the positions they're going to play. But um, it's good for Cam Green to get some exposure at 2020 cricket. And I'm sure uh, for his bank account and for the IPL teams, <laughs> it um, gave him great exposure. So there's always a debate on how you structure a summer with all the internationals and then the short-form cricket, the Shield and everything else that has to be added in when you get a World Cup. Have they found the best calendar mix this year? Yeah, I think so. I think um, there's always going to be Shield cricket and I guess one day cricket on while there's test matches and, and other formats for Australia. So as state teams, you just got to do the best and as well gives other, I guess, young kids and players that aren't in the mix um, opportunities. And then you just got to, um, I guess, the players that are playing all formats for Australia, you just got to give them time to recover and if they need rest and you're just going to have to work that rotation policy out, I guess. But I think that, yeah, I don't think there's too much cricket around the World Cup. And then, obviously, the test season um, starts after that. So I guess everyone in Australia is looking forward to the test cricket coming back as well. Well, Chatty, give us an update of how the Redbacks are going there at the Adelaide Oval and give us your take on how it'll unfold in the next day or two. Well, Tazzy is currently 9 for 237. So they're hanging in there. Peter Siddle and Sam Rainbird are just... Been a little a bit of a pain, <laughs> but I'm sure uh, our Ooh. batters will get out there tonight and hopefully um, get batting and get in front of the game. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, if, as long as we can get a total to defend, um, hopefully Alex Carey and Trevor's head can get some runs on the board and our bowling attack can bowl us a victory on day four. I'm glad you said that, Chad, because your pun leads us to a question we should have asked. Tim Payne, how did he look? Well, not long, he there not long, there long, but how, no. how did he look? He faced, he faced three balls of off spin, reverse swept one, and then just blocked one of the short legs. So he wasn't mm. out there very long. So um, unfortunately for him, but and he's working the yeah, field. Good to see him back playing. Yeah, how was he when he was behind the stumps? Ah, he's always a class gloveman, isn't yeah. he? He's, he's probably still the best in the country, and. Um, yeah, as I said, it's great to see him back playing. He looked like he was energised out in the field, running through and giving a lot of chat to the boys. So um, uh, he's a good guy and I um, hope he does well. Yeah, forgetting the reasons that he, he wasn't playing, they've been well publicised, but uh, is it good for the development of Tasmania that a 38-year-old comes back into the side or if you're the best, you're the best? Well, if I was uh, a young keeper behind him, I'd probably be disappointed. But mm. um, if you're the best gloveman, you're the best gloveman, aren't you? And, Obviously, they've given him another chance to uh, perform at this level, and I'm sure he's not going to knock it back. Good on you, Chatty. We look forward to hearing you right over the summer on SEN and through the World Cup as well. We appreciate your time. No, no worries, boys. Good to chat. There he is doing it hard down there at the Adelaide Oval. So they've got a 10-lead Rooch. Peter Siddle, he's not going to hang around, is he, and cause a bit of pain? seen it before. Hope not, Kim. I do hope not. No, they'll be they'll have a lead of twenty, Rooch. We'll keep you across it anyway. We need to go to a break. My text coming through, Rooch. You did get a bit defensive about the spaghetti bolognese joke, and the text has come through. It was a joke, Rooch. Okay, fine, fine. I'll take it as human. Smile. I'm trying not it. to laugh because it'll make you cough. <laughs> I'm just, there, it's happened again. Thanks a lot. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots.
12.52, Kimba on the Roots, thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Just had a chat to Chatty Sayers, who was live down at Adelaide Oval. Tasmania with a lead of about 10, Roots, is it? Oh, yes, I was taking your word on it. Just hang on, I'll call it up again on the old scoreboard here. I'm going to hit refresh. Yeah, yeah well, they're not. i the same. South Australia, Tasmania. South Australia made 227. Tasmania, according to this, is nine for 236, a lead of nine runs at the moment. Oh, that's what I had. Didn't yeah. update at all. No. All righty, we'll keep you across that. Overs, yeah. hey, we know we lot of people. Oh, did that make any sense? No. I didn't think it did either. I know there's a lot of people out there that love their racing. It's the spring carnival now. It's huge. Uh, we just played a little bit of the Caulfield Cup, but the Everest is a wonderful story. It's a $15 million race. $15 million. $15 million. It's the... the Largest prize money uh, for a sprint race How's in the split? world. Well, you have slot holders. It's all oh, okay. very confusing. People okay. buy so the not slots a one, two. and then they can pick a horse. Yeah. And then they negotiate with the owners of the horse what right, percentage okay. of that 15 million they'll get. But this is an amazing story. Uh, Clayton Douglas okay. is a trainer. He's a former jockey that's been training for two years. He's the former fiance of Jamie Carr. And uh, he's got a young horse called Giga Kick that's not even a three-year-old yet. It doesn't turn three uh, until next week. It was 21 to 1 against the world's greatest racehorse, which is called Nature Strip, which had to do it hard. It sat three and four wide, 50 metres from home, looked like it was going to win. It uh, just got a little bit puff for each and finished fourth. Let's have a listen to the last 400 metres and then the winning jockey, Craig Williams. Eduardo and Nature Strip head and head up the rise and a thriller here on the Everest and Nature Strip given the cue by McDonald and the champ races to the lead by a length on Eduardo. Privatised running on, then came over past Shades of Rose, Jackano and Giga Kick. Nature Strip a length in front, Privatised, Giga Kick, Giga Kick down the outside wins the Everest. The unbeaten three-year-old's done it, Giga Kick beat Privatised. The Nature Strip, Jackano and confidence this horse. Um, he's a really good horse. Um, he's a he's a superstar. Um, you know, I probably had the potters that he is, you know, three-year-old and probably wasn't good enough. But um, I had a lot of faith in him. Um, he's just a, such a professional. Um, now you can see today with the 53 kilos, ridden like that, he's he's electric. So um, yeah, a bit of a whirlwind. Um, but he wasn't in the race to make the numbers up, and uh, I had a lot of faith in him. So um, he's a star, and uh, watch out, the, the new kids on the block. This is a really big thrill. Um, the inaugural running of it five years ago, I finished on Vega, finished second on Vega, Vega Magic, and uh, I thought we had unfinished business. The equine athlete, the legend on this track today is Giga Kick, and I'm just lucky to be part on his back. So that was Craig Williams there, and we heard from the winning trainer as well, Clayton Douglas. So uh, wonderful story that was, and it was a record crowd at Randwick too. It uh, usurped the previous best, which was 43,000 when Winks had its farewell race. They had 46,000 there. You have to remember as well, a lot of people haven't been able to go to the races in recent okay. years, Rich. So if we were to do... Rankings of events. Where's the Everest slip into now? It's a contentious, well, an interesting discussion um, because it was uh, an many, abrasive move. How many have there by, been now? Sorry? How many years has it been now? Oh, about five, five now, five, yeah. six, I'm not sure. Six, six, six years six of the six Everest. Years. Yeah. A lot of money there. And it's on against one of the biggest race days, the Caulfield Cup. Yep. Um, but. 
Look, I'm not qualified to speak about it. We'll, we'll get someone else to talk about it, Roach, but the, the states have to work together for racing a lot better than what they do. It's this war between Victoria and New South Wales mm. and Queensland has its carnival. South Australian racing's been on its knees somewhat for some time now. Perth racing's quite strong. There is a governing body. It takes you back to the Australian National Football League. Mm. It was a toothless tiger. I think that happens in the racing world as well. But uh, they do need to work together. You don't think they can feed better. off each other, the Everest and the Caulfield Cup? Well, they they can, but there's, there's more to it than that. There's other big... Sprint races in Victoria that come up now. And oh, yes. yet, yet yeah. you've got to think of the horse. There's got to yeah. be enough space between all these races. Correct. So as it is now, jockeys have to choose between do I go to Victoria, do I go to Sydney? Oh, yeah. So it's yep. an interesting debate, but uh, it needs so people not like, far more It's not like than what me. we do with the famous royal shows around the nation where the royal shows all have their spot on the calendar and they're all so a, far apart so everyone can keep moving to show to show. Exactly. They get a little bit of oxygen. Yeah. Rich, we talked about the delistings. We've got about three minutes before the yes. five o'clock news then John Casey. Yes. Interesting when you go through the clubs. We'll get through a few of them now. I haven't seen what you have done. You've had a look. Adelaide, we've seen that it's Luke Brown, Ben Davis, Billy Frampton, James Rowe, Brett Turner gone. Uh, we believe Brett Turner will be Relisted. Yeah, Billy Frampton's now at Collingwood. The only one you now can debate, James Rowe. Does he find his way back to Adelaide as a rookie-listed player? Would you pick him up? Uh, I don't think he'll find his way back to Adelaide. Okay. Not now. There's, there are too many players that are too similar. Well, we heard so much about the Western Bulldogs, but we don't think that one's developed any further. I, I would imagine he goes back to the Eagles. Yeah, I've got a, a big question mark there. Yeah. Brett Turner, I say, will get a chance. Uh, we'll go to Brisbane. We'll just quickly go through some of the players that... Uh, oh, there's a big one to debate there at Brisbane, isn't there? Mitch Robinson. He's still got something, hasn't he? he where, went, but where does he where does he take it? Where does he best fit that energy and that... And he would have that eagerness to say, I do have something left in mm. me. So he'll contribute. And like but you where said, does he, fit? he has an energy oh, that yeah. adds value to yep. an organisation. But Brisbane... Well, they, they're stacked with talent. Now, yeah, they, and they think it's past his use-by date. Yeah. So I've, I've got the uh, the orange marker alongside of him that uh, he's a chance to get picked up. I'm not sure of the club that he'd be suitable to go to, but I think he's but, got but something. What sort worth. of definition would you put against him as to what? It's what sort of club are we talking about that fits Mitch Robertson at the moment? Well, that's what I'm not sure of. So you know, he's not a finishing player, is he? In the sense that you need mm. someone to finish your squad with, or is he the player like we've seen in recent years where? Jordan Lewis, uh, Luke Hodge move into a younger group. Well, I'm not going to, to say gold case because that's what everyone throws. Yeah, that's gold exactly. Case. I'll tell you, I think he'd be handy at the Western Bulldogs. There's a thought. Well, Lockie Hunter's gone. Yeah. Um, he just gives that energy. Him and Liberatore, they could feed off each other. I'm not sure he'll get another gig though, Rooch. Uh, Collingwood, haven't heard anything yet, if anyone can update us, regarding Callum Brown and his brother Tyler Brown, but I think they've got AFL football list left in them. The other one who's interesting because he's not, and there's, look, there's still room to change these lists, is Caleb Poulter, we know from Woodville West Horrors. Mm. Didn't get a contract and was told, you have to wait till the end of the trade period to see where it's at. Intrigued as to where he finishes up. He might be rookie listed, I think. At uh, Collingwood. Yep. I think, okay. he'll, I think yep. he'll stay there. Um, Liam Stocker, I haven't seen enough of at Carlton. And uh, gee, he got no, some publicity, no. didn't he? But uh, he's been delisted, so I haven't got an opinion there. The local One, the local boy there, Luke Parks. Yeah, he was part of that mid season sort of rookie stuff. Now, yeah. defender. Not looking good. 
No, I wouldn't have thought so, but anyway. Yeah, the one that really interests me, we're right on five o'clock, is Quinton Narkel. Now, he yes. was pick 60 in the 2016 draft. He's only 24, played 41 games for one of the best clubs in the business. It's a hard club to break into. 17 goals. I think he has something to offer. So I'd be interested to see if someone grabs him. And the other one on that delisted list from Geelong is Francis Evan, who has been linked mm. with Port Adelaide for such a long time. You can have your view. for it. Yeah, you can have your views on that. 0427154166. We're going to talk basketball next with John Casey. Kimbo on the reach with you. Three minutes past five on a Monday afternoon. We're here thanks to our good friends at Hyundai. Tech driver Hyundai, Tucson turbo diesel, all-wheel drive today. We are live from Studio Lumo SA. I can tell you at the Adelaide Oval, oh, the tail, they're yes. lingering. Nine for 245, so an 18-point lead Tasmania has over South run Australia. run lead, thank you. What did I say? Point. Oh, that's because we're talking basketball. Now, I'm blaming medication. All right, let's go to our next guest who was kind enough to fill in, Roach. Yes, he was very good. Did a good. wonderful, very wonderful good. job when I was off crook. Johnny Casey, the voice of basketball. Hello, John. G'day there, Kimbo. Nice to have you back on deck and always good to be talking to the Roach. Ah, now, Johnny, let's jump into things. Uh, the Adelaide 36ers had a win over the Hawks on Saturday afternoon, 90 to 80. Can I just drag up something that you were probably asked last week? This going to America at the time in the preseason that they do, a week out from their first game, is it an ideal preparation? Uh, look, no, not ideal given that, you know, the circumstances of coming all that travel to come mm. back and then a, a, what could have been had an impact in their first up performance. Um, look, there have been 12 teams from the NBL who have gone to the United States and in their first game back, only four of the 12 have won. So you would have to say it could yep. have an impact. There's a lot of travel. It's probably not ideal. But having said that, um, you know, two of the last three teams that went over to the U.S., have come back and won the championship. So in terms of the whole season, it doesn't ruin your season. It just it can be difficult to win first up when you come back. Um, but I think that would be using it as an excuse, really, because Tasmania were just far too good for the 36ers in their opening night game on Thursday. And they proved that by beating Melbourne United yesterday in Melbourne. And Tassie, their coach, Scott Roth, is the reigning coach of the year for a reason. He is the best coach in the NBL right now. I knew you'd have an answer, Case, but I think the same thing happened last year and the year before. So that's why I wanted to ask the question. But you had all the statistical information as on, we knew you well, would. You know, on the other side, be, John. You know, it's interesting. Um, can I just add yeah. to that? Because it's interesting. I called a game on Saturday with Adam Gibson and Pete Hawley, who had both been in that situation. Adam Gibson with Brisbane mm -hmm. a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and Pete Hawley with Melbourne United. And they both said they were not surprised that Adelaide came back and threw up a poor performance to start with because yep. from their own experience, you are flat, you're tired, you're working hard because it's pre-season, so you're putting in a lot of work, uh, you know, going twice a day. Um, so they weren't surprised at all. But having said all that, I think they just need a cup of cement because we saw arguably the best women's player in the world come to the Women's World Championship in Sydney just over two weeks ago, flew in from Las Vegas and had 20 points, eight rebounds on less than 24 hours sleep. So I think uh, it can be done and it would be using it as an excuse and certainly devaluing the great performance from Tasmania because they were just outstanding in that game. Well, John, just I'll to leave it as an editorial comment. I don't think it's the best preparation. Then they had to do a kids coaching <laughs> clinic the first <laughs> couple of days. But if but that's John, the way it is. Fill in the other side of the equation. What do they get out of going to the U.S.? 
Well, they've got worldwide notoriety now and the reputation of the club and the NBL has gone through the roof in basketball eyes worldwide. Yeah, but they got some the agreements in place, seven years, they? they were able to beat an NBA team. Yeah, but they got some um, agreements in place as to why they do it, haven't they? And there, there's some commercial agreements that work for the six Without a doubt, yes. I mean, financially, uh, in terms of brand awareness, yeah. uh, in terms of all those off-court things, it's a worthwhile exercise. Yeah. And uh, look, I think if the Adelaide 36ers were invited to do a game next year, then owner Grant Kelly and coach CJ Bruton, the players, they'd be straight back on the plane and say, well, let's do it again. Okay. Well, I just reckon an extra week, two weeks. All right, we'll let that one go. Hey, there's still one game <laughs> of this weekend's round, or this week's round to go tonight. That's the Hawks. They're hosting the New Zealand Breakers, 7 p.m. Adelaide time. Uh, how's that one going to unfold? Well, look, you'd be hard-pressed to tip against the New Zealand Breakers at the moment because they were outstanding against the Phoenix on Saturday night. They, they're short-handed at the moment. They didn't have their highest-scoring player in the lineup, and they were still able to beat the Phoenix, who look as though they've got problems at the moment. So they're struggling big-time southeast Melbourne. But winning form is good form. The Breakers won on Saturday night. Illawarra couldn't beat Adelaide on Saturday night. Even though it's in Illawarra, I think the New Zealand Breakers are good enough to get the win there, and that would be great for them because finally they're playing some home games, although they've only had one so far this season. But uh, they've got a new coach and a largely uh, different lineup from last year. So I think the Breakers can win against the Hawks tonight. John, can we now say this is CJ's team at the Sixers and are they playing that all entertaining Robbie Williams, I'm here to entertain you basketball that CJ <laughs> promised us? I think they are. It is CJ's team because he's had the opportunity now to recruit players. New players have come in. And they do play an entertaining style of game. And it's going to be a high-risk, high-reward style yeah. of game because yeah. they want to get up the floor. They want to crank up a lot of threes. But that's the modern game at the moment. And I'm all for it. I think that, uh, you know, basketball, as it tries to grow itself, and Larry Kesselman, the owner of the league, has said he wants it to be the number one summer sport in Australia, overtaking cricket. I think it's already overtaken the... Uh, the uh, A-League in terms of what they're doing. Uh, so they're going to have to play an entertaining brand of basketball and that's what CJ wants to do. His dad did it famously as well before him and I think the 36ers fans are certainly going to be entertained but you have to take the good with the bad. So on a night when you have a bad shooting night, uh, things may not go the result way that you want but you're certainly going to be entertained. So get down and watch the 36ers at home. The next home game, Friday the 28th. So they're not home until Friday week but to try and get some tickets because New Zealand come to town on that Friday night and the breakers are good to watch as well. Right. Do you have we'll any influence sure. there, John? Uh, sorry, what was that, Rooch? Do you have any influence at the Sixers? Have you got power? Uh, <laughs> none at all. No. I, I try and keep myself... Uh, I'm independent. I have to cover all teams of the NBL. So no, uh, I, while I, I'm regularly at Adelaide Games, uh, I don't have any pull there, no. I want to start a campaign. Yes. I want to get the press bench back to a point where they can actually see the court. If people are going to turn up at a time when we've struggled to get, you know, media writers two games that in the COVID period, they've got to put the yep. press bench back on the court. Well, this is clearly you weren't happy with the seat you had at the last game, Rooch. This is obvious. <laughs> this is. I wonder I where you're heading. Can't see the court. I thought you were going to call it. Say we're going to rename the, the entertainment. We've been there the before. Crush house, but no, know. seriously, at a time when people are coming back to the game instead of doing it out of studios. Let's get the press bench back. Well, look, I hear what you're saying, Rooch, but unfortunately, circumstances in this day and age uh, don't allow that. You should the scoring bench there. I'm not quite sure what half the people do, but there's a very long scorer's bench, and they all have important roles. Mm. Radio on our court side. We do have a position for TV court side as well. But um, 
I think you know we're, if I, if I'm right in saying where these uh, the media bench was uh, on Thursday night, the night I was there, uh, not a great view, but still a view of the court. Rich, could you ring him up in that. private to ask a question like that? That interested five people, <laughs> five at best. We'll get some action. We'll get some All action. Right, let's talk about something that makes a bit more sense. The uh, finals format for 22-23. Well, they've introduced the wild card. That's right, they have. So it's just throwing another an element into it, and I like it. Uh, you know, it's been used in other sports and in other basketball leagues around the world also. Um, so I don't mind it because sometimes you'll find that teams finish close to the finals and just miss out, and they're probably better performed than some of the teams in the finals. And if we take last season, for example, Tasmania finished in fourth position with 17 wins. They knocked out Perth in the last game of the season when the Wildcats lost to the Phoenix. So fourth had 17, fifth had 16, and the Phoenix was sixth with 15, and then it was five games back to Adelaide. So I think when you've got, and invariably it does happen in the NBL, uh, and we see it a lot in the AFL as well, where the team that's the first position outside the finals, sometimes they're in great form and they're probably more... Well, wouldn't be more deserving because they didn't win enough games. But, you know, I like the idea of expanding it just to a one-game knockout um, and rewarding the teams that finish top two and uh, working out a plan where you do have a wild-card scenario. I can't see a negative to it. I just see lots of positives. So one and Craig two, Hutchinson's yeah. fingerprints all over that. that so one and two get, it has, hasn't it? get the first weekend <laughs> off. Three and four yep. play to then see the loser play the winner of the wild-card between five and six. And then we're in the semi-final mode between... One and whoever the other two teams, one and two versus the other two teams. Interesting format. Yeah, so as I say, I just think it gives you an opportunity to expand the finals uh, a little bit and give teams that perhaps uh, just give them one crack at it. You know, you have to play someone who's been got a far superior record to you, and but if your form's good enough, then you'll earn your spot in the finals. And I think it just adds another element uh, of entertainment and intrigue to the competition. So. I think it's a good thing for the basketball here in Australia. Last one case, the Sixers travel to Sydney. Uh, they take on the Kings this Friday night. The Kings are sitting on the top of the table. They're 4-1. and one. Adelaide have played just the 2-1-1. One and one. Do we get an idea of where we're at in this game? Oh, look, I think Adelaide can win the game. Uh, Paul Smith, the owner of the Sydney Kings, is very outspoken, is already revving up proceedings and... Uh, He's been uh, taking a couple of shots at the Adelaide 36ers and saying, oh, here's the great team I hear that beat the Phoenix Suns. The Golden State (laughs) Warriors are coming to Sydney. Oh, we all better get excited. Here they come. You know, he's really talking it up. He's quite a showman and he does a good job of it. So there's a little bit of spice involved. And uh, I think that's only going to make the 36ers hungrier to win because, you know, Sydney have been one of the best teams in the competition for a while and they have a great roster. The Cairns Taipans went there and beat them, of course, and that was quite a shock win on Friday night. And so that will give Adelaide some heart as well. In fact, road teams have had an extraordinary run of it of late. To, you know, Adelaide won on Saturday night. But prior to that, five the last five games were won on the road. And after Adelaide, New Zealand beat the Phoenix in Melbourne. Tasmania beat Melbourne. Sydney went to Brisbane yesterday and won. And I think New Zealand are going to beat Illawarra. So there'll be more teams who have won on the road than won at home when we get to the end of round three here tonight. Okay, it's always great to have a chat. Maybe we need this bloke from the Kings to say that uh, the 36ers are arrogant and entitled. That might get it all revved up. <laughs> Appreciate your time, all, Johnny. Mate, all good fun and uh, always enjoy chatting with you and the Roach. So Thanks, uh, keep up the good work and ch- check us out with Bungie and Brett's the 9.30 on Sunday on we SEN. We have some fun there as well. We will. It's a great show every Sunday right here on SEN 1629. John Casey's an absolute ripper. Tasmania all out for 245, Roach. Uh, what's that? 18. As a lead, yep. And we're none for four. Well...
Good start. None for four. We're only 14 behind. Yes. We're in it up it's to our start. eyeballs. Yes. All right. <laughs> we'll take a break, then we'll come back. We'll talk about some of these delisted players that may get another opportunity. Rooch? A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 519 almost done for the day. We're here thanks to Hyundai, tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, all-wheel drive. Do it today. They're wonderful cars. Uh, Redbacks still just on four, so trailing by 14 as they uh, get into their second innings, Roach. McGain Real Estate. We love them dearly. Oh, yes, we do. Yeah, sold by McGain again. Let's uh, do the weekend wrap, Roach. How many opens were there? They had 38. 38. How many groups of buyers went through those 38 properties? 521. Gee, a lot of people still looking for properties. Well, there must have been a typo last week because we had 6,400 and something in last is, week's is that update. Right? Was, was there a 6, typo? 6,000. Was it real or not? Oh, no. I don't know. I can assume it was a typo, but I haven't been told one way or the other. I'll find out. Uh, how many offers were made on those 38 properties? 135. And how many sold, Rooch? Mark Bickley, 26. 26. Ah, oh, the skip. The dual premiership captain. And that's why everywhere you go, there's a sign popping up saying, sold by McGain again. He does a little bit of work for McGain. He does. As well, mentoring their, yes. their staff. And uh, Mike McGain, oh, Mike McGain, Mike Dobbin, yes. who owns McGain Real Estate, sent me a text on the weekend. He was in Port Vincent. I think he's looking for a property there, Rich. Oh, so Zoe Ball does all the work again at the weekend. Well, he's allowed to have some family life, Rooch. He took, right. he took, he took um, his lovely wife, Amanda, and the family over, the kids over. Yeah, Rich. just having a look. Tell if he buys there, that won't be good for my health, I tell you. Really? Uh, Rooch. Not that your health is in great shape at the moment anyway. Oh, well, that was partly from him, I think. He, he oh. had the dreaded lurgy as well. Has he got rid of it? Um, he's still struggling with a bit of a cough as well. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, Roach, uh, some bad news for the Adelaide Crows. Yes, Chelsea Randall, the captain, will be in the rehab room for three weeks minimum, maybe five, after suffering a high-grade ankle sprain. In one of those moments that is truly Chelsea Randall, mm. plays as a fearless player, went into a marking contest, landed awkwardly, has the ankle in a bad place. Now, three to five weeks puts her... Well, if she's going to be part of Adelaide's finals campaign, they're looking at needing probably seeing her preliminary final stage if if that's where they fall into or grand yeah, final. Well, just fingers crossed. It was certainly a nasty one. Watched yeah. it and saw the slow-mo replay. Just having a look to see if the reports have come out yet from those games. AFLW well. match review. Yeah, haven't seen that yet. I think they, they come in late on Monday. Yeah, well, I think the young girl from Brisbane will be in a spot of bomb. Right. That uh, created the stitches in the yes. lip of Chelsea Randall. Uh, let's have a listen, though, to the coach, Lauren Arnell of Port Adelaide, after their 25-point loss. We were able to really take it up to him for a half a footy. Um, I am proud of that, and I think we just continue to learn. Something we need to continue to work on is how we're more efficient inside 50. I think we still generated 28 inside 50s. So I just had a quick look. I think that were 35. So, you know, seven less inside 50s for a hell of a lot less looks at goal. You know, we've got to get better at it. It was a earlier than expected start, although we've had a fair bit of debate as to when the AFLW should be played. Are you liking August to December? I don't mind it. Is it the best place for it? Mm, yes, didn't like it through the finals that much. We haven't had the issues of heat 
which is important. No, we just play night games, Rooch. Yeah, but in some places they can't, Kim. They don't have the facilities for it. Well, who doesn't? Alberton, not yet. We'll get some lights then. Well, it'd be nice to do so, Kim, but it's not like as if I just go to the shop and go get some light bulbs. Well, well everyone in Parliament's a port supporter. <laughs> have a chat to the big chief. And where's Adelaide, Adelaide going to play its night games? Where's what? Adelaide going to play its night games. Debbie. Right. We've sorted that out, have we? Eventually. <laughs> we have sorted Thebby out, have we? Oh, I think it, it'll get sorted, won't it? I, I hope, hope it, so. I hope it doesn't. Oh, I know. We all want them in the city, yeah. but then that um, brings a whole different debate as to where they play in the city and can they get lights for that venue. Hey, here's a text that makes a little bit of sense, given okay. Chelsea Randall's injury. Yep. Um, there's no name attached to it, but it says, do they have a bye before the girls' finals or before the grand final? Oh, I'll get the I fixture. Wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine that they... I think they just go, just keep going, don't they? Yeah. Hey, Rich, just going through as, as we uh, get into a little bit of junk time here, we've only got a couple of minutes remaining. We've got the AFL delisting and trades and retirements, and uh, there's 99, did you say? Players? 99, I'm told, as of after the four that were added to North Melbourne that include Jed Anderson. Now, does he get a third club, Kim? Does Jed find his way at the age of 28 and 100-plus games? Does he find his, a place somewhere else? He would have been gutted. I'm not sure what the club is. Given that Matt Crouch couldn't find one, just thought I'd bring his name up before the end of the show. Well, did we get to, Sid- did we get to Sydney to Stack before? No, but I'm just turning the page and saw Sydney Stack and got a line on him. Does he find that second chance? Because he's a talent. Yeah. I mean, he's had some issues, but he's a talent. 22 years of age. He was a pre-season pick in 2019. 35 games, 17 goals. Uh, I think someone will take a chance on him. Yeah. Thanks for your company today. God willing, we'll be back and do it all again tomorrow. I hope so. Good night, everyone. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.